Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Father, we thank you today. We bless you for your manifold mercies, Father God, for your goodness to us. Father, we thank you for bringing us before your presence today. Please speak to us. Give us wisdom and understanding. Grant me utterance, Father, that I may speak your word correctly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord, beloved. This is Brother Joshua. Again, by the mercies of God, we have been speaking on the faithful, the faithful, the faithful, the faithful. And by the mercies of God, we'll pick up where we ended at the last time. We have been speaking about the fact that the faithful also have a very real and healthy fear of God in them. And um, without repeating much of what we say, let me just continue on, uh, on that. Let me continue in that vein. We're going to, as usual, be jumping from scripture to scripture. Uh, that's uh, how the Lord has taught me to speak his word. So that you can say, this is what your father said. This is what your Bible said. This is what the Lord said. Not what Brother Joshua said. Hebrews 12, 28, we, we spoke about this before, but I want to mention it again with a different emphasis. Hebrews 12, 28, the Bible says, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. We already spoke about that. The Bible here talks about reverence and godly fear. Two different things. The reverence of God is not a fear of God. The fear of God is a fear of God and the reverence of God is a reverence of God. We owe God both. We owe God both to reverence Him 
and to fear him. And we we see in this verse, Hebrews 12, 28, whereby we may serve God acceptably. Mm-hmm. With reverence and godly fear. Now, there, there, there are things that uh, we do that God doesn't accept. We think he accepts it, but he doesn't accept it. For example, the Bible says in John 4, from verse 23, Jesus said, But our comment now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What, what, what is Jesus saying there? Jesus is saying there are many people that worship God. I mean, whether we as Christians believe it or not, uh, non-Christians, they worship God. Their formulation of God. They are worshiping God in ignorance. Paul said in the book of Acts, the God, the unknown God that you worship. Um, let, let's 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 look at that uh, real quickly. I know some of you may be thinking, uh, "What you talking about, brother?" Well, look at it right there in Acts seventeen twenty three. It says, oh, let me read from 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by, verse 23, and behold, and beheld, I'm sorry, I should say, and beheld your devotions, I found an, alt an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. Uh, I hope I, I hope I hope I hope you saw that, beloved. It says, "The unknown God that you ignorantly worship." Mm -hmm. I, I've come to tell you about Him. So, what what has that got to do with anything? What what I'm saying is this: in the book of John that we just read, John 4 and 21 and 22, uh, the Bible is saying that Jesus said there are many, many worshipers of God. But he says, God wants those that we worship him in spirit and in truth. Some people are worshiping him in their flesh, in their vain imaginations, and in falsehood, and all kinds of ways, in their unknown ways, they are trying to worship God. But God is desiring 
those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, what what has that got to do with fear of the Lord? Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad you asked, beloved. I'm, I'm glad you asked. So if we go back to that scripture that we read in um, Hebrews 12, 28, it says, Wherefore, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Yeah, some of us think we are serving God, but is it acceptable to God? The Bible is saying in the book of Hebrews that to God to serve God acceptably, um, it must be mixed with reverence and godly fear. Yeah, I serve God and God is my buddy. Well, praise the Lord. He is your, he's your daddy. Well, he's your buddy. Praise the Lord. But where is the fear of God? Whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The same way we may worship God acceptably in spirit and in truth. The same way we may worship God, not an unknown God, but a God that has revealed himself in Christ Jesus. Worship God with knowledge, with wisdom, with understanding. Know who you are worshiping and not worship ignorantly. Worship God in spirit and in truth, not worship God in falsehood and in the flesh and all these things. The same way we are to serve God with reverence and godly fear. I'm going to leave that alone. I believe you get it, beloved. If you don't get it, forgive me. That's my fault. I'm not explaining it properly. I only pray that the Lord will make you understand it and give you full understanding in Jesus' name. Still talking about the faithful, the 60-fold soul, as we have been speaking about, as we have been attempting to rightly divide the word of God by his grace. The 60-fold soul has this healthy, massive fear of God in them. Mm-hmm. And like we read in Proverbs 16:6, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Anyone still toying with evil has no fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because the fear of the Lord and evil in our lives cannot coexist. Cannot. That was Proverbs 16 and 6. That is why the Lord says in Deuteronomy 5 and 29, Oh, that there was such a fear, there was such a heart in them, I should say, that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. 
Let me read that again. Deuteronomy 5 and 29. Oh, that there was such a heart in them. The Lord is speaking about you and me. That they would fear me, he says, and keep all my commandments always that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Mm-hmm. So we find the Lord wondering. Does the Lord wonder? Yeah. Yes, he does. We find the Lord wondering in Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 22. Jeremiah 5, 22. The Bible says, the Lord said, Fear ye not me, saith the Lord. Will you not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bond of the sea by a perpetual decree, that it cannot pass it, and though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail? Though they roar, yet can they not pass over it? The Lord is amazed. The same way he's amazed, or he was amazed in the gospel when he says he was amazed that they had no faith. At different times, I believe, in the gospels. The Bible says, Jeremiah 5.22, Fear ye not me, saith the Lord. The Lord is, is wondering, is amazed that people don't fear him. He says, will you not tremble at my presence? Uh, beloved, when you are trembling, that's not because you have reverence for something. <laughs> it's not reverential awe. Reverential awe doesn't make you tremble. Fear does. Uh-huh. So all you that talk about, yeah, is the awe of God and reverence of God. Uh, none of that will make you tremble. Beloved, you, 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 you can look at a, 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 an, artifact, an artifact of old, you know, whatever it is. You can look at the, you can look at uh, maybe the pyramids or maybe look at the, the size of the Pacific Ocean or you, or you may look at... Uh, uh, the the just some intricacies of the ancient world, for example, whatever it is, you know, some some buildings, you know, some some skyscrapers that are many, 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 many floors, and 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 heights in the hundreds of of feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You may look at that and be in awe, uh, but it don't make you tremble. No, sir. No, ma'am. Fear makes you tremble. But the fear of the Lord is good, though. He's not talking about a bad fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Yep. Go listen to the previous uh, uh, recordings. We've talked about this. The fear of the Lord, according to the psalmist, is clean. 
Mm-hmm. And Isaiah talks about the fear, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. That's a good fear. Let me circle back. Jeremiah 5.22, Fear ye not me, saith the Lord. Will ye not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sands for the bound of the sea by perpetual decree, that it cannot pass it, and though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail, though they roar, yet can they not pass over it. Beloved, what is he saying? Think about the seas. Atlantic, well, that's an ocean, actually. But think about the Atlantic. Think about the Pacific Ocean. Think about the Mediterranean Sea. Think about all these huge bodies of water. The Lord is saying, I placed a boundary for them. They cannot pass it. I did that, the Lord is saying. Yeah, yeah, the waves can go high and, you know, be a a high wall of water and come and crash. Well, after the crash and after the roar, guess what? They'll go back. Because I said so, the Lord is saying. How about the? Because the Lord is saying, I set their boundary. I set it. Mm -hmm. He didn't put a fence for the Pacific Ocean not to go over. He didn't put a a gate and said, no, no, and I'm going to lock you. No. says you can roar all you want. Uh, you cross the sand, you have to go back. What is the point? The Lord is amazed that he that can control these massive waves, we see that and do not tremble at his presence. Ah, let me leave that alone. Let me leave that alone. Beloved, I pray you get it. The faithful have the fear of God. If the fear of God is not real to you, beloved, maybe you're still in the 30-fold. Mm-hmm. But you're in, praise the Lord. We are in, hallelujah. Beloved, I always preach to myself, so please, 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 don't get mad. I'm just, look, if it applies to you, you take it. If it doesn't apply to you, leave it alone. Leave it alone, beloved. Thank you. Okay. Let's look at Ezekiel 14 verse 12 to 20. I'm going to look at Ezekiel 14 verse 12 to 20. West is speaking about the 60-fold soil, the good ground. You have your 30-fold good ground, you have your 60-fold good ground, and you have your 100-fold good ground. We've spoken about the 30-fold good ground as the righteous, as the Lord has given us understanding. We are speaking about the 60-fold good ground as the faithful, again, as the Lord has given us understanding. And we are speaking about the faithful having 
this added characteristic of the fear of the Lord. Now, don't forget now, the 30-fold has the characteristics of the 30-fold. The 60-fold has the characteristics of the 30-fold and the 60-fold. And the 100-fold has the characteristics of the 30-fold, the 60-fold, and the 100-fold. I hope you get that. Okay. Ezekiel 14, verse 12 to verse 20. The Bible says this, The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when the land sinned against me by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out my hand upon it and will break the staff of the bread thereof and will send famine upon it and I will cut off man and beast from it. Listen now, verse 14. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. If I cause noisome beasts to pass through the land and despoil it, so that it be desolate and no man pass through because of the beast, verse 16, Though these three men were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, they only shall be delivered. But the land shall be desolate. Or if I bring a sword upon that land and say, Sword, go through the land, so that I cut off man and beast from it, Though these three men were in it, as I live, saith the Lord, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, but they only shall be delivered themselves. Or if I send a pestilence into that land and pour out my fury upon it to cut off man and beasts, Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, said the Lord God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter. They shall deliver their own souls by their own righteousness. Praise the Lord. Uh, what am I saying? The Lord is saying in this uh, section of Scripture that we should note three men, and He calls them by name: Noah, Daniel, and Job. And and this this always bothers me. I don't know about you, beloved. But these people that he always brags about in the Old Testament. These are people that I have a better covenant than. These are people 
that I have more equipment than. I'm equipped with the whole word of God from Genesis to Revelation. I'm equipped with the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm equipped with the blood of Jesus. I'm equipped. I've been made a son of God. I'm equipped with all these things. And I ask myself, can the Lord boast of me? Yeah, 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 he boasted about Job. Can the Lord boast of me? Beloved, I'm not talking about you. Trust me. I'm not being rhetorical either. I'm talking to me. Can the Lord boast of me? Ezekiel 14, 12 to 20, we just read. The Lord is talking about Noah, Daniel, and Job and said, when he is judging the land and there's famine and there's pestilence and men and animals are dying, these men will be saved. Beloved, think about it. This man will be saved. They will not be afflicted with these things. Mm-hmm. And he says that over and over and over again. Verse 14. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they would deliver their own souls. That's it. Verse 16. Though these three men were in it, they won't deliver their sons and daughters. They will deliver themselves. That's it. Verse 18. Though these three men were in it, they will not deliver their sons or their daughters. They will deliver themselves. That's it. They're not going to deliver their wives and their daughters like Lot. Like, like Lot. Or like Noah in the time of the flood. The Bible says Noah was found perfect. But God gave him his wife and his Two, three sons and their and their wives. It says this time, mm -mm, no way. You will be delivered, and that's it. No baggages with you, no extras with you. That's it. Just you. Mm, kind of reminds me of the rapture. Well, let me not get ahead of myself. Let me not get ahead of myself. Help me, Jesus. Mm. Noah, just you will be delivered. Not the last time I saved you, your wife, your kids, and your in-laws. Mm -mm. No. Job, just you will be delivered. Daniel, just you will be delivered. That's it. You. No carry on. No, no handheld luggage, 
no checking luggage either. Let's look at these three men real quick. The Lord said, though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they would deliver but their own souls. Let's start with Noah. Genesis 6 verse 9. Genesis 6 verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations and Noah walked with God. Beloved, this is the account of the Holy Ghost writing the scriptures. So please don't tell me nobody's perfect. Please, I beg you. I'm begging you. Please. We're all challenged with our infirmity. What infirmity? The infirmity of the flesh. That challenge should not make us speak error. All have sinned is different from nobody's perfect. They're two different things. They're two, two different things. He didn't say Noah never sinned. Every man has sinned, of course. That's not the point. But is that your epithet? Is that now your name tag? Let's look at the book of Genesis chapter 4 very quickly. We've, we've spoken about this before, but but uh, uh, it's relevant now. Genesis chapter 4, let's start from, you know the story, Cain and Abel. Um, okay, let's start from verse 3. In the process of time that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, an offering unto the Lord, and Abel, verse 4, he also brought the first things of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth. Cain was angry. And his countenance fell. And the Lord, listen now to verse 6, Genesis 4, 6. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you wroth? Cain, what's up? Why, uh, why, why are you angry? And why is your countenance falling? Verse 7, listen now. If thou do well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire and thou shall rule over him let me read that again let me read this is from the very beginning beloved this is from the book of beginnings this is from the book of genesis god's plans and purposes are still the same god never commands the impossible because when he commands the impossible, after he commanded the impossible, it became possible. He told Peter, come. And before that, we never heard that the man had walked on water. But when he told Peter, come, 
that impossibility became possible as long as Peter stepped out of the boat it was possible him staying in the boat did not change the fact that he could walk on water just that he never attempted to even try to walk on water in obedience to his master's command. So, uh, you can sit in the boat with the 11 disciples if you want and say, well, it's not possible as long as I'm flesh. I need to say that right. As long as I'm flesh, I'm in the flesh. No, I'm not making fun of anybody. It's just a little annoying. God forgive me. As long as I'm in the flesh, I can't walk on water. Well, did Jesus say you should come walk on water to him? Uh, yes, he did. So why are you sitting in the boat and theorizing that you cannot walk on water? Mm-hmm. He hasn't said that to me now. He said that to the 12 disciples. But Peter took him on it and he did walk on water. Beloved, the Lord told Cain, Genesis 4, 7, if you do well, sin lies at the door. Sorry, if thou doest not well, the Lord told Cain, if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shall rule over him. Mm-hmm. Cain, you are to rule over sin. The Lord spoke it. Beloved, it can't, it's so, it's so simple, it's there. I can't say it in Greek, Hebrew, Latin, whatever. It's there. This is in Genesis chapter 4. Beloved, have you ever wondered how Job... I'm getting ahead of myself. How, how, how could Job walk before God perfect? How? how? How could Enoch walk before God in such a way God says, Ah, you ain't dying. I'm going to take you. How could Noah, how could God say he was perfect? How? Beloved, this is how. Because from Genesis, from the very beginning, the Lord already made provision for it. The Lord already gave grace for it. It's right there. Let me say it again. From the very beginning, the Lord already made provision for man to have dominion over sin.
But guess what? My people perish for lack of knowledge. The fear of death has held many in bondage. The fact that they're looking at themselves, we are frail human beings. The infirmity of our flesh, the fact of all this has held many of us in bondage. But if you know when you know that there's provision for you and I to walk above and have dominion over sin, there's liberation. Now, if it wasn't in the book, but in our time, it's now in the book. It's in the Bible. And in our time, in the fullness of time, the Lord has come and shed his blood. There is no controversy about it. There is none. And has made it very explicit and given us the grace and capacity to walk as he desires. Oh, help me, Jesus. My time is up. Beloved, we would have to pick up on this next time. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You are named of the Lord and he will bless you. He suffers no man to do you wrong. He rebukes kings for your sake, saying, Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Beloved, you will not harm yourself. Nobody's going to harm you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Yes.